And let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. So we're still studying uh, Proverbs, the book of wisdom. And uh, we're going to look at how giving of thanks uh, is a part of this. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, unless I made a mistake, I cannot find thanks or thanksgiving in the book of Proverbs. That uh, seems a little strange uh, that in wisdom there's no thanks. But uh, we're going to look at this. I want I to... It's interesting how the wind blows and the spirit moves and uh, what the Lord has showed me uh, concerning this. So let's look at Proverbs 23 and uh, let's start. Uh, well, let's just read our main verse. Verse 26. Proverbs 23, verse 26. My son, give me thine heart. And let thine eyes observe my ways. So this is what we want to focus on tonight is our observation. Um, so the wise man said to his son, give me your heart, love me, trust me, share your feelings with me. And then he said, let thine eyes observe my ways. So. He said, you need to not only listen to what I say, you need to watch what I do. You need to observe my ways. And uh, this is really very simple, but it, it's really helped me, and it's really life-changing. And we need to all be the type of person to be what uh, they say is uh, observant, right? To be an observant person. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless our study. Help us to see how it applies to thanksgiving. Help us to understand how to learn completely um, in many different aspects of life. Not just one or two, but to be an observant person. Why? That we may learn. We yield to your spirit. We pray that he'd lead and guide us and empower us and embolden us and that you'd open the eyes of the enlightenment of our understanding uh, to understand this principle of uh, the power of knowledge and what we can learn by being more observant. And we ask these things in uh, Jesus' name. Amen. I had a boss one time. I forget which one. I tried to count up how many jobs I've had. I think it's 27 uh, in my life. And, uh, but he, he would tell people to do things very sternly. And then somebody would come along and see a contradiction or say, see something. And uh, you probably heard this just like I did. And parents have said this too. Uh, do what I say. Don't. Um, do what I do. And he had this uh, big sign on his office wall when you'd walk in, and it said, rule number one, the boss is always right. And then it said, rule number two, if the boss is wrong, see rule number one. Uh, and uh, 
there's a lot you can learn by listening, but also by watching. And this is important because we have a testimony, first of all, somebody's watching you. You know, the old saying, you may be the only Bible other people ever read. Most people are never going to open the Bible and read it. But if you name the name of Christ and you're a Christian, they're watching you. They're watching me. So we need to be very careful how we dress in public, how we behave in public, how we present ourselves in uh, every form and fashion. So there's very uh, many ways to learn. One of them is you can read, obviously. You can read. One of them is you can study uh, subjects. You can memorize. You can meditate. Another way to learn is by instruction. You can sit under a teacher, uh, have tutelage. You can have a mentor, these types of things. Another way to learn is by your personal experience. You gain experience by the things that you have uh, endured in life and uh, enjoyed in life. And the Bible says you learn by the reproofs of life. The lessons that life teaches you, good or bad, you can learn from that. And then another one is observation. So watching listening, being aware, observing every situation. I think sometimes a few of us are observant in a few situations, but sometimes something happens right there in front of us. We don't see it. Uh, it's called hidden in plain sight. Sometimes you may be a more observant, say, in your office at work or maybe in a certain room in your house. Um, but we need to be observant, looking, listening, watching in uh, every place that we go, every person we meet by the sovereignty and the providence of God. We need to know what's out there, what is uh, going on. And so, how are we going to get wisdom? You can ask for wisdom. Uh, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally, and it braideth not. You can seek for wisdom. You look for it like hidden treasure. It becomes your top priority. You can love wisdom. You can highly value wisdom as, as I said, the top priority of your life. You can learn from the Word of God, the book of wisdom in the Word of God, Proverbs, and also the Ecclesiastes. But also, as we're looking at tonight, the case in point, observation. You can observe. Now, I want us to think about, we're going to go over to prayer as our main illustration tonight. The word prayer it means oratory worship. A lot of times we limit prayer. John R. Rice said that prayer is simply asking and receiving. Well, he's probably a much greater man than I am, but it's much more than that. Prayer is oratory worship. It's what you say, what you verbalize in your relationship to Almighty God. And so your needs, you have needs. Supplication is supply. 
You are praying for God to supply your needs. Intercession is going to God on the behalf of someone else. So you are, as a mediator, you are praying for them. You're going to God for men and demand for God um, in the priesthood. And then prayer is generally requests, specific and general. But in oratory worship, it also means praising the Lord, honoring the Lord, walking with God, talking with Him. But as we're looking at tonight in, in this season of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a uh, big part of this. Uh, I can remember when I was a little kid, uh, way back, before the, we could eat and everybody's real hungry, the turkey's on the table. My dad always had the uh, electric turkey carver. What, what's that? Oster? What's that? I forget. Boy, I, and that thing would, and, a, and he would cut it. And, uh, but before that, he'd say, okay, we're going to be uh, thankful. And, you know, the old, it's pretty general. And what are you thankful for, Bobby? Or we didn't have a Bobby. Uh, I'm thankful for my mommy, my daddy, my grandpa, my brother and sister, my dog, Ruff, my kitty, my kitty cat, Puffy, or whatever it is, Purr. And, uh, and then they, they would always try to get spiritual at the end and say, yes, and we were very thankful. We pray for all the missionaries. And then they would add on to that and all the missionaries in China. I don't know why they always would say that. Of course, this is way back in the 60s. So, but what, what I'm getting at is how many people thank God that he made them a living soul? How many people thank God he gave you another breath, another day? He gave you the opportunity to serve him, to be faithful to him. And how many people pray for the, the opportunity to suffer for God? to be maybe misunderstood or rejected or how about loneliness, those types of things. And so we really need to pray for people, especially this time of year. It's a very, for a lot of people, it's a time of sadness, sorrow, grief, loss, these types of things. So worship is sacrifice. What are you going to sacrifice to God and then verbally, what are you going to say to God and express to God to honor Him, to glorify Him, to praise Him? But then think about it. Who do you trust to meet your needs and to solve your problems? And in the reality, who is your God? Uh, or have we set up idols? How many people set their emotions up as an idol, their family their own desires, ambition, these types of things. So let's look at our text again, and we're going to see how this relates to prayer and thanksgiving. So Proverbs 23, 26, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. So what we see can be our teacher. You don't have to have a literal teacher, and this is very important. You do not have to be told something is wrong to know it's wrong. Right. 
You can observe in your life, know what's wrong. You don't have to be told something is right to know what's right, necessarily. If you're an observant person, and you don't have to know, you don't really have to have a great mentor or a hero. If you're observant, you'll know that's not a right way to dress. That's the right way. You, you begin to see things. Um, you can come to realization by broadening your perspective, understanding your peripheral vision, even knowing what is a 45 behind you on each side, even looking around what is behind you. So wisdom giveth wisdom to the wise. What is one of the most wise things that you could do besides walk with wise men versus being a uh, companion of fools? This is a principle. There's a protocol. You, you will learn, should I say it? Should I not say it? Is this the right thing? And is this appropriate to the situation? And what is the right lifestyle? Uh, you know, you don't wear your muddy work boots to church. At least that's what I was taught. You know, you, oh, yeah, just look around. It's pretty obvious what's, what's going on. So how you dress, how you wear your hair. What is propriety? What is the right schedule? You'll see people that are scheduled, disciplined. You'll notice other people who are not. And so it's very sad because very few are observant. And one of the greatest ways to gain wisdom, he said, you look. He said, I'm not going to teach you anything with my mouth. Use your eyes. Look around. You can learn a lot. Now, as far as I know, thanks, thanksgiving is not in the book of wisdom. It's not taught in there. But yet, in reality, it is. And I will show you um, by comparing Scripture with Scripture. And so, I want us to look at when Jesus was praying, and the disciples were watching Him pray. They saw it. And then they asked Him, teach us to pray. So I want us to, first of all, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, well-known verse. Uh, Luke wrote about this in chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, they said, they asked him, teach us to pray. Now, in, but let's just look at what is called the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And, uh, you know, I've never seen this before. It's, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's very amazing. So look at Matthew 6. Look at verse 9. So this is Jesus' lesson in response to the request, teach us how to pray. This is what he said. So look at verse 9, Matthew 6, 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, um, or done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is his outline. You're not to pray in vain repetition. We know that. These are principles of prayer. But I want you to notice when he taught him to said, pray after this manner. He did not say, thanks, offer thanks. Say thank you. Be thankful. Start the prayer with thanksgiving. End the prayer with thanksgiving. He did not say that with his verbal instruction. And so you'd be surprised how many people would say, well, in our prayer life, we don't have to pray, say thank you or thank God, because here it is in the outline. And in Jesus' verbal teaching of prayer, he didn't say to thank God or anything about thanksgiving. But what did it say in our text? Let thine eyes observe my way. So I want us to look at the uh, indictment for most people. Turn over to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And uh, so let's start reading verse 32. This is the miracle of the loaves and the fishes of feeding the 4,000. Matthew 15, verse 32, says, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven, excuse me, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit on the ground. And everybody's watching, right? The disciples are watching and the 4,000 people. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and did what? And gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat. So when they were watching him, what did he do? He gave thanks. Did he tell them to give thanks? No. He did it in front of them, and a wise person will learn not just by verbal instruction, but by observation. He gave thanks. Now let's look at another example of this. Turn back to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, and I got the wrong verse, I knew that. Uh, well, it, it says also, um, they were watching him, and what did he do? He gave thanks. All right, so I, I apologize for that, I don't know the right verse there, but there, it, it says he gave thanks in front of them. All right, turn to Matthew 26, please. Matthew 26. And uh, look at verse 27. Now this is at the establishment of the Lord's Supper. And he took the cup, and what did he do? And gave thanks in front of them. 
and gave it to them, saying, Drink, boy, that's a deep truth right there. Drink ye all of it, all of the sacrifice, the blood of Christ. Now, he never told them when they said, Teach us how to pray, once again, to review. He never said, give thanks, start the prayer with thanks, end the prayer with thanks. Include thanks in the middle. But what did he do in front of them as the major lesson? He gave thanks. So how many people, for some reason, they always looking for an excuse? I didn't know. Nobody told me. You know, and this is what they're going to try at the Great White Throne Judgment. It's not my fault. I didn't know any better. Well, you know, I, I knew. Uh, you know how I know one of the main reasons I'm supposed to mow my yard is because I watched my dad mow his yard. It's pretty deep truth. And you know that he edged the yard and did the best he could, tried to make it look good. Uh, now, he told me to mow the yard, but the main one was I watched my dad mow the yard. Now, you don't have to be told to give thanks. You ought to watch God's son set the example. He gave thanks. How many people blind themselves willingly? And a lot of people are willingly ignorant of their God-given responsibilities to learn and gain wisdom but they don't want to be observant now let's look at another great example of this if you would please turn to Matthew chapter 5 and uh, I love this verse this was my first sermon I ever preached I think I told you uh, it was in 1982 I had 11 pages of notes front and back I was scared I'm still scared uh, I was so nervous you know, I thought I had to write it out almost verbatim rather than having a, uh, an outline. And then you learn to, like Brother uh, Horsey Scheimer says, wing it. Is wing it. So look at verse chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, yes, we ought to talk about it. Yes, we ought to teach it. Yes, we ought to preach it. But we ought to live it so they can see it. You know, I think it's at the end of, of John. It says that if all the things that Jesus has done in his earthly ministry, which is three and a half years, all the books in the world would not be able to contain it. Now, that's absolute hard for us to comprehend. That's how many miracles he performed and all the deep truths that he taught during his earthly ministry. You can't talk all the time. You can't meddle in other people's business. You cannot give unsought advice in most situations. But what you can do is let your light shine. And they will see it. You know, how many, it's really amazing. Uh, people will be around Christians and they don't watch what a real Christian is. They don't see how they dress. Uh, 
how they behave, these types of things. Um, and, and I'm not saying to be a meddler or to be a critic, but, you know, you'll start noticing, hey, does their clothes match? Do they even know what the, what's going on? What type of person is this? Um, are they appropriate? What is the situation? Um, be observant. So, case in point, this is so important in gaining wisdom. Teach us to pray. He gave him the outline. Did not mention Thanksgiving. But then what did he do in front of them? He gave thanks. I've really learned a lot in my life from just watching. Um, and, and I believe if you can truly see it and know what you're looking at and you have a good attitude you can, by the grace of God, not to be a copycat, because emulations are a work of the flesh, according to Galatians 5, uh, but you can incorporate that into your life. You really can, Amen. if you can see it. Now, not to be like somebody as to set up an idol, but... You know, I'm, so I'll give you some simple, silly examples. When I got saved, I had a zipper head. I said, what's I had my hair parted down the middle. I had it feathered. Um, I went to a uh, salon. And uh, when, I, when I got saved and I went to Roloff's People's Baptist Church, I started looking around. I go, hey, man, I got a zipper head. I said, everybody here has got their hair on the side and they got it greased down. They got a hind tie. There's something wrong with me. And uh, plus, when Brother Roloff preached on it, that really uh, did it. It was like a, a just smote me in my conscience. So nobody told me, hey, boy, you need to. No, I just realized I need to I need to I need to change my uh, hairdo and. I remember when I started looking, I said, man, he wears some weird-looking shoes. They were, they were Stacy Adams' patent. And in those days, it was real patent. Now, most patent is probably fake, but real patent leather. And then when I went to Hiles Anderson, I said, well, look at there. Brother Hiles wears patent shoes. You know, and I said, well, you know, if I can't live like them, I'll wear the same. If I'm, I'll just get the shoes they do. You know, and I've, I've worn those for 40 years. And, and I've had other preachers say, hey, why do you wear those plastic-looking, shiny shoes? I said, I don't know. Brother Roloff did and Brother Howes. That's good enough for me. Amen. Now, that's not saying you have to wear that to be spiritual. That's just for me. When I started looking, I saw a white shirt with a suit matches every suit. You don't have to go get a green one and a blue one and a tan one. Uh, and, and when it lends authority, and that's what the President of the United States wore, and a two-button suit with a single vent is a classic. It will never go out of style. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And then when you go look at suits and you look at a Chicago cut versus a New York cut versus an athletic fit, Versus a skinny jeans, versus a, uh, a I forget what the other one was. You know, I, I realized what what I uh, should be doing, and nobody told me. And these are just simple things. 
But nobody had to tell me to get rid of my electric guitar. I saw that I don't need electric. I, I watched and learned these things. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm the perfect example. But if you're aware of your peripheral, if you look here, you ought to see what's here too. If you know your environment, when you go into a place, you ought to notice the smells. Well, that's weird, isn't it? You ought to notice the sounds. What was that? You ought to notice the colors. You ought to notice the shapes. You ought to notice if you're in a restaurant and there's something wicked on a TV way across the room. That don't mean you pay attention to it, but you know it's there. You, you ought to know when you walk into a place is a bar right in front of you with hard liquor. You, can, you ought to know these things. And immediately you'll start realizing, probably shouldn't have come here. This waiter doesn't know what they're doing, and I'm not giving them a tip. Boy, it's quiet on that one. Uh, so you, you should observe the people, how they dress, their, their countenance. Are they in a bad mood? Are they sad? Maybe are they melancholy? What is their attitude? You'll start noticing things like this. You can discern spirits in a place. And if you set up your spiritual antenna, so to speak, you're aware, you'll start noticing. This place doesn't have a very good spirit. Um, and so you could go into a worldly church, which I hope you don't, and I haven't been in one in 40 years, but you'll know it. And if you go in an old-fashioned Bible-believing church, it just has this air about it you'll know you're in the right place so they watched christ who did not teach them to give thanks what did he do he gave thanks so um i want us to turn then to uh we're almost through proverbs 24 proverbs 24 And this is an example of wisdom. And this is the wisest man talking who ever lived. And this is how he gained wisdom, one of the ways. So look at Proverbs 24, verse 30. Proverbs 24, 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles and had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. And what did he do? Verse 32. And I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it. And what did he do? And received instruction. Nobody told him. He looked and he saw and he considered. And what did he do? It became his teacher. He received instruction. Amen. And then what did he say? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. Traveling's very expensive. And thy want as an armed man. So what did the wise men say? I saw, I considered it well. I looked upon it. I received instruction. How many things does God want to teach us and the wisdom he wants to give if we'd simply start observing. Think about it. All right.
Let's stand.